Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome in, folks, to the early line. We're live right here on Sports Grid on a Monday morning. I'm Kevin Walsh, joined by Donnie Wrightside, DRS, a jam-packed weekend of action. How are you, my man? New week, new money, a lot of game sevens, the NFL draft wrap-up. So if you had some sports on your agenda this weekend, yeah. you might be a little bit tired on Monday, but not me and Kevin. We're built for this. We absolutely are, and I'll tell you who else is built for it. Steph Curry, my goodness, one of the Mm. finest performances of his career. No hyperbole. The first ever 50-point performance in a Game 7. He does it in a 20-point blowout win over the Sacramento Kings. Seven made triples, added along eight rebounds and six assists. By far the best player on the court as the Warriors win another road game in this series, the final game to get past the Sacramento Kings. Exactly. But you know what I love about this, too? Because Steph Curry is a tremendous performer, one of the all-time greats. 50 points there, shot 38 times. This is what superstars live for in Game 7. But I always look to the post-game presser, Kevin, and I see to myself, and he goes, you know what? Nobody thought we'd win this series. You know, everybody doubts us here. Heavy favor coming in. This is the talk I love to see because the teams that win championships aren't used to teams going like, hey, you know what? You might be in for a little bit of a fight this round. Not the case here. Warriors move on. But I love the fact that the Warriors now underdogs. Uh, It's uh, I think and I don't know if it's because of what we do. It's infuriating and it bothers me. And I'd like to sit in all future press conferences to Steph Mahomes every Alabama player ever. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, nope, you've been the favorites. You've been. Someone tell the Warriors that they're favorites to win the West now, by the way. Maybe they just won't show up to their series against the LA Lakers, who did advance on Friday night over the Memphis Grizzlies. And oh boy, uh, 40, the continuing number of that series. Dylan Brooks no, doesn't offer respect uh, unless somebody drops uh, 40 points on his head. Well, now he just has to respect the entire Laker team. 125 to 85, the Lakers dominated start to finish this Memphis team in the closeout game on Friday night. Yeah, Anthony Davis had 16 and 14 that game, but also chipped in with five blocks. It feels like he was blocking every single shot. This is one of the most complete performances I've seen from the Lakers all season long, where the offense was in rhythm, but the defense was absolutely suffocating. And to see John Morant, three of 16, Desmond Bain, five of 16, certainly couldn't get anything going. Impressive performance by the Lakers. And this is what everybody, including TV executives, wanted. Golden State versus the Lakers. 
Yeah, the TV execs are, are happy, but again, I'm just sometimes I think people point at. I'm not saying you're doing this. People are like, oh man, the TV execs are happy. Oh, you're cool because what? You were rooting for Kings Grizz in the next round. It hit the bricks. Then. Yes. Go watch old league pass games and 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 leave us alone as we enjoy LeBron versus Steph Curry. I can't wait. Uh, we did start on Saturday round two between Denver and Phoenix. Uh oh. Phoenix panic in the air, perhaps, 125-107. The Nuggets put together a monstrous second quarter that they won 37-19, and that was the difference in this basketball game. Jamal Murray leading the way with a 34-point performance. Best team in the NBA at home won a home game. That's what they're supposed to do here. Now, granted, if you're the Phoenix Suns, you do not want to go down 0-2 at this point, but it wasn't a great Mm. overall performance, but again, Nuggets are a good basketball team. You're not going to win every series 4-0 or 4-1. It's not going to happen. I agree with you, but the odds did shift the Denver Nuggets to favorites in that series. We will talk about all of that as well as game number two, which is tonight. Our radio audience is here on a Monday morning, Sirius XM channel 159. Game number one between the Knicks and the Heat took place as well, and the comeback kids do it once again. The Miami Heat trailing by double digits in this game win 108 to 101. Jimmy Butler, though, a little banged up in the victory for the Heat. That now, along with Julius Randle's health status, who missed this game, feel like the biggest stories around the series. Yeah, and Jimmy Butler's like a cyborg out there at this point. I mean, you can't hurt the guy, terminate or whatever. You can melt him down. You can explode him, and he still comes back for more. What an impressive figure here in the playoffs overall. But you, uh, it is overshadowed a little bit with the Knicks with Randall injury. But Jimmy Butler, you can't kill him. So just let him pound on you for the rest of the way. The guy gets an injury that anybody would get sent back to the locker room, which includes Julius Randall is sitting out for what reason in this game? For an ankle injury. I don't know. Jimmy's just built differently. Yeah, absolutely. So he did airball at three, though, uh, which was uh, honestly kind of funny since it was uh, inconsequential. Uh, We will get to as well game number two between the Celtics and the Sixers and Bede listed as doubtful. Here's the thing. Uh, I don't think we need to wait for Woj's reporting. The Celtics are a double-digit favorite in tonight's basketball game. We will get there, but I need to bounce ahead, DRS, because you have been saying that the whole world rejoices when the Boston Bruins go down. Could the Panthers do it? They did it. In overtime, a game number seven OT finish for the Florida Panthers 4-3 over the best regular season team in the history of the NHL. An unbelievable performance and result. Yeah, coming back from 3-1 in the series here with a massive upset over the one of the best, if not the best, regular seasons that we've ever had. But, you know, as I say, you watch the hockey and moving on. I got so annoyed with the goalies hugging after every game for Boston and what a party. Take that, Boston, out of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, yes, I am happy about it. Oh, and by the way, uh, the defending champion in the Colorado Avalanche were also uh, eliminated. The NHL is on fire, and we will get to that. Uh, But also on fire, get a team to Mexico City in Major League Baseball. Donnie, there was a total of 15.5 in game number one, and then a total of 20 in game number two. Amazing. Maybe they put in the de-juiced baseballs for game two, Ken. Yeah, they might have. We'll be right back here. It's the early sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast 
Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Bring spring color inside this season with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with durable colors that last all season with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. begin in Sacramento we begin with Steph Curry Steph Curry 50 points the most ever in a game seven does it in a victory the record did belong to Kevin Durant with a 48 performance uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks as a member of the Brooklyn Nets they did lose that basketball game Steph was phenomenal absolutely fantastic here as the Warriors lost the first quarter lost the second quarter each by one but this was not a dominant from the word go type of performance here for Golden State they came out in the second half and look it's a little cliche but they wanted it more 10 offensive rebounds for Kevon Looney the rebounding advantage felt like the story of this game and the thing is the rebound numbers look a little closer in the final box score this was a game that was decided in the third quarter I know it was only a 10-point lead going into the fourth. You could tell Sacramento didn't have the punch back heading into that fourth quarter. That's where Steph was always going to be able to keep them at a distance. There was no answer for stopping Steph Curry. But there was also legitimately no answer for stopping Kevon Looney. Despite the fact that the NBA's leading rebounder was on the other side in DeMontis Sabonis. This game here is where the championship pedigree did finally come in. I thought that the Sacramento Kings looked disjointed in the second half of this game. It didn't look like Mike Brown, and not, I don't say this as a shot to him, but I didn't think he had anything he could turn to to fix it there. And I think Mike Brown knows his team up and down and what his best options are. I don't think there was an option for him yesterday that was going to shift that game back into Sacramento's favor. Give the Kings credit for their season all you want. This team was at home against one of the worst road teams in the NBA. It's a disappointing result, but I guess you can't blame them too much. One of the greatest players in the history of the sport had one of the greatest games in the history of his career with Steph Curry's 50-point performance. He was tremendous, and also I thought the series did change on the broken finger there from De'Aaron Fox, and actually I was quite shocked that Game 6 actually went the direction of the Sacramento Kings, which I thought would have been enough to maybe boost them in Game 7. It wasn't. Fox was 5 of 19 from the floor, 3 of 10 from three-point range, 16 total points. That's not going to get it done because in the biggest moments, you need your best players to step up, and Steph Curry absolutely, Kevin, did that with 50 
points in that game. And if you just want to take a look at the starting lineups here, look at the plus minus for the Golden State Warriors. Plus 25, plus 25, plus 25, plus 25, plus 30. And that comes from a Clay Thompson. Four of 19 from the field, two of 10 from the three-point line. But why was he a plus 30? Because Steph Curry was knocking down every single shot you could absolutely find, which includes seven triples in that game. So we always have to remind ourselves, too. Like Steph Curry isn't 25 years old. Like, oh, man, just coming into his own. He's 35 years old. And I loved in the post-game, you know, talk that they had where Curry's going like, hey, how about this? Steph Curry scored 50 points. You know how many other people have done that in the game seven? Yeah, that's right. Zero. First time, all time. Steph Curry steps up in the biggest mm -hmm. moments. That's why he's a global superstar. But I have to give them credit. I didn't think the Warriors, even if you said, okay, Donnie, Maybe the Sacramento Kings weren't used to being in that position here. Maybe Darren Fox did have a broken finger and it really affected him. But that didn't matter during the regular season. You were playing much worse basketball teams on the road, and Golden State couldn't win. Now they have a couple wins on the road against a good Sacramento Kings team, and now shifting the focus to Golden State in the next round. They have home court advantage. That was a monster win. I thought all along the Kings would win the series up till Game 5. But even then, if you say, hey, Donnie, I know Fox is injured, but you're still going to get to a Game 7, which means the Warriors got pushed into one. I thought the Kings would win. They were two at the break Kevin and this is what the Warriors do beat the brakes off you in the third quarter they did it again in game seven they did but but also right if I told you hey the the Warriors went wild in the third quarter you envision it in your mind oh Steph hit a bunch of threes Clay hit a bunch of threes the third quarter MVP was arguably Kevon Looney the offensive rebounding I mean it was a joke and that shouldn't happen when you have the league's rebounding leader on your side there was a, a moment it's kind of everyone then unanimously just started ripping Sabonis after it or the offensive you know the, the rebound goes up and Sabonis instead of turning and boxing out and then going for the rebound tried to face guard Kevon Looney and shoulder block him like a bouncer trying to keep somebody out of a club it was wildly ineffective he got called for a foul and then put on the bench and that is a situation not where it's, oh, Sabonis is soft or, oh, wow. It, Sabonis was clearly mentally gone. That's where you talk about championship pedigree. All of a sudden, DeMontis Sabonis forgot how to box out. That's what was happening there. They just lost that edge. And now all of a sudden, the Golden State Warriors not only advanced to round number two, they find themselves as the new favorites in the Western Conference. Part of that is the fact that the Phoenix Suns don't hold a lead in their series. Part of that is that the Denver Nuggets are a team that the books have never truly, truly believed in. But part of that as well is that the Warriors play the Los Angeles Lakers. And it's not a slight to the Lakers, I don't believe. It's that the Lakers actually offer up the Golden State Warriors home court advantage. That's the big edge there now that Golden State gets to enjoy that this horrendous, horrendous road team doesn't even need to win a game on the road in order to win this series. The Lakers, though, on the series price are a slight dog. But when we talk about dominant performances, the Lakers put up arguably the single most dominant performance of any one game with their game six win over the Memphis Grizzlies, 125-85. And for me, the story of this game is what ended up, I guess, being the story of the series. This is the first time in a long time where you look up and go, oh, wow, Anthony Davis was the best player on the Lakers. This is LeBron's team 
Don't ever think it's not LeBron's team. If it's not, allow me to tell you. Don't not other people that have been trying to shift over the power here for a while. But over this six-game set between the Lakers and Memphis DRS, Anthony Davis, through the defensive side of the basketball mostly, despite the defensive player of the year being on the other side of the court, Anthony Davis was the best player in this series. His impact was felt throughout. Yeah, this is the guy that you wanted when you got Anthony Davis. This is the guy that you had in the bubble when you won a championship. Whenever you have a rim protector, that it doesn't even have to factor in, Kevin. He still got five blocks in that game. But just watching the game overall, the defense was suffocating. And how do you know that? Well, obviously, the Grizzlies only scored 85 points. But it's when you go to the basket and you have that fear of a shot blocker there where every single play you have that's within 15 feet of the rim seems like it was contested. And that wears on you throughout a series. And it came up there for the Grizzlies where they just pulled the punches in the fourth court said you know what take the plug out of the wall we're done with this like we can't even deal anymore Anthony Davis was sensational and you got a vibe and sometimes it does change Kevin right from series to series but that was the best I've seen the Lakers look all year long and I say to myself if you're true title contenders what do you not like about the Lakers one of the best players in all time, LeBron James, playing it healthy and at a high level. Anthony Davis being an absolute menace down low and still having a dominant offensive game. But also, when you're taking a look at D'Angelo Russell, when you reacquire him, you say to yourself, it's not so much that he can knock down the three-point shot, but when he gets it going, the floor opens up for everybody else. And D'Lo was tremendous there in that basketball game. 125-85 didn't even do that game justice. The Lakers were way better than even that final score because if they would have played their starters all the way through the fourth quarter starters, for starters that would have been 145 to 90 at that point that's how good the lakers look which gives you pause going like can they actually do that this year if they stay healthy as we always been saying they're going to be a problem kevin they enter in against the warriors healthy yes they're going to be a problem they absolutely are and look the the thing is when we talk about with these teams you know this oh it's a six seed versus seven seed it's a six seed versus seven seed well, Golden State was minus 290 in their series, okay? But also for Golden State, they earned their record, in my estimation, a lot more than the Lakers did. The Lakers' roster has existed, this roster, the relevant roster, the post-deadline roster, has existed since mid-February. The Warriors and that horrendous road record, well, that's been true all season long, and that's the team that they bring into round number two. And yet they're now the favorites in the Western Conference. We'll get to that a little bit more later. We talk about some of the other games throughout the opening uh, round number two in the NBA. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. 
The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Back right here on Sports Grid. Let's keep it in the Western Conference. On Saturday, we saw game one between the Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns. And for the first time with Kevin Durant uh, as the member of the Phoenix Suns, they were booked as an underdog, and they lost that game. They didn't win the first quarter, but the second quarter, it all fell apart. They lose that quarter 37-19, to and the Nuggets never looked back. This was a 20-point fourth-quarter lead at one point, and starters were hitting the bench with about five minutes left in this basketball game at least on the Phoenix side usually the losing team uh, bows out first as was the case here Sar the game Jamal Murray 34 points nine assists six made threes Jokic great in his own right here 24 points 19 rebounds Donnie I'll let you start it off as I know you are positioned on the Suns to win the NBA championship here your reaction to their opening game lost to the Denver Nuggets yeah, you saw that line on the move, by the way, in game one, Kevin. Those two and a half turns into threes, three and a halfs, and in the fours for the Denver Nuggets, and it worked out in their favor. Had a big second quarter. It was basically over at the half. Now, granted, it's a seven-game series. There are ebbs and flows. Is it a great night for the Phoenix Suns? No, it's not, because Denver clearly was the better team, I thought, through all four of those quarters. But sometimes when you take a look at what creeps in again, Kevin Durant played 36 minutes. Devin Booker played 40 minutes. It was in elevation. But again, beginning this, because I know there was, I believe, a uh, odds was here at the FanDuel Sportsbook to combine for 60 points between Durant and Booker. And if you said to yourself, you know what, if they get that or come close, they probably won that game. Well, they didn't get it, Kevin. But that's not because Durant had 29 and Booker had 27. So it comes up just short there. Your superstars played well. Now, granted, the plus minus isn't going to show that. But we've seen already the propensity for the Phoenix Suns. It's okay. Both our superstars, that's not good enough to get close to 30. We both have to be in the 30s and one guy close to 40. And then we look at the scoreboard to see if we're actually still winning this basketball game. That's the thing that worries me a little bit. It's not to say, too, because you could say, well, Durant looks really rusty. He was 12 of 19 from the floor. The Booker was 10 of 19. Both of those guys shooting over 50%. But I know you brought this up, and I want to see if it plays out during this series. The game that the Phoenix Suns play is so efficient. It's almost like old school basketball, where like the 15 and 17 foot jumpers and getting to the basket, they do that all day long. But today's day and age with analytics there and shooting the three-point shot does mean stuff. Now, they shot 23 three-point shots, which you might say, okay, that sounds like a decent amount. Not in today's NBA. Like, you see some teams approaching 50, <laughs> and even in this game, Denver, start 37, which doesn't even seem like a lot. But if you're going to shoot 7 of 23, you better do things well because usually teams that shoot over 50% from the floor for the game don't get laid out by close to 20 points. And that's what the Nuggets did to the Suns. So we'll see if that comes into fruition where you saw it in a couple of games, right? Hey, look at that. Durant can make three-point shots. So can Booker. But they're so efficient. They're like, hey, man, I'll just take four or five steps in and knock down this two. Maybe it doesn't work out. Not happy with the Suns' performance, but not really disappointed. They're down 0-1. It happens. So they were down 0-1 in their last series, Right. They're playing the number one seeded Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets were 34-7 and seven at home. 
the thing with, you know, look, D-Book and, and KD could have combined for 65, right? At the end of the day, they gave up 125 points. That's the worry in this series, is that they're not going to be able to guard at all. And for Phoenix, the, the bigger worry then overall is it doesn't feel like Monty Williams is coaching this basketball team at all. It, it feels like Monty Williams is well, well aware that he has uh, an unbelievable amount of talent, and he figures, if, I mean, if I just play him the whole game, I mean, how do I lose? You know, oh, Katie only played 36 minutes. Yeah, he got benched for the final five, so he's on his way to playing 41 minutes. Well, Devin Booker played 40 minutes. Uh, yeah, he benched for the final five. He's on his way to playing 45 minutes of the game. So think about that. He had only rested for three minutes, and when they pulled him out, they were down 20 points in the basketball game. And the three-point shooting is outrageous, what this team is doing. And why it's so bad. See, here's the difference, right? Take when DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge were the two best players on a San Antonio Spurs team a couple of years back. And it was mid-range, mid-range, mid-range. The difference is that DeRozan is not a good three-point shooter, nor is LaMarcus Aldridge. Kevin Durant Devin Booker are great three-level scorers. They should never finish a game shooting four combined three-point shots. You're not coaching the basketball team, and you are continuing to let that happen. Monty Williams isn't giving them instructions. Offensively, defensively, they're a nightmare. And, oh, by the way, their game, their, their subs don't even exist. They just don't even exist for the Phoenix Suns. At no point has Phoenix looked impressive during this postseason and that's the danger with getting involved with the Suns I know you like the number and I'm not saying that oh everything's falling apart but you were only able to work off of an eight game sample size where they played teams that were largely nowhere near their level two games against Denver where the Nuggets didn't play their starters so you didn't even get a look at what Phoenix would look like up against an upper echelon team so you kind of had to trust that well, okay, the talent's there. They're going to now be able to use it appropriately. And so far, through their six-game postseason sample size, despite winning four of those games, they've looked wildly unimpressive. Yeah, and I would agree with you at this point. There isn't, because in the first round, if you go 4-1 over a Clippers team, hey, man, that was Kawhi, that was Paul George, or at least one of the two. You didn't get that, but still was a clean move by them and gentlemen sweep where they won four straight games. It wasn't really that alarming to me that they lost game one. It's just that you can't go into a quarter, Kevin, where you're up one point on the road in a playoff game and just be like, you know what? Just throwing the towel here, lose by close to 20 points because the game was over at the break there. I want to see how they come out in game two. Am I worried about them not winning the series? No, not necessarily at this point. And also, they always say, like, the series doesn't start until a road team picks up a win on somebody's home court. I understand that. If you're the Suns, you don't want to go down 0-2 because that means you have to be ultra impressive in both home games and win those and then go back on the road in a place in Denver where they play great and have already won two games in this series. You know, champions rise to the occasion. And also, a lot of times, Kevin, you got to just take a look at what the players were saying in the post game press conference Kevin Durant didn't look all that alarmed like hey look man Denver's a really good basketball team they're good at home they're the number one seed yeah we'll be ready for game two and that's what you have to lean your hat on superstar players in big time moments correcting the errors of game one and I trust that the Phoenix Suns can do that now if you're going to tell me Kevin another 125 107 game is on the horizon now I'm going to be like you know what I don't know if they can do this and also there are no moral victories don't give me 125 124 Phoenix played great and now they're going back to their own building no you're down 0-2 
two at that point, not one to one. Phoenix needs this the same way any other team would say we can't go down 0-2. But it seems like that hill is a little bit tougher to climb because you're going into the teeth of the dragon, which means the best home team in elevation on their home court. Going over to the Garden, the Knicks suffered their first home loss of this postseason despite winning the first quarter by 11. A five-point halftime lead very quickly evaporated throughout the third quarter, and the Knicks were really dominated, it felt like, in the second half of this game. But down the stretch, this whole thing took a turn where you ask yourself, oh, oh are the Knicks in a ton of trouble? Jimmy Butler, who was continuing to have a phenomenal postseason, 25 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, an efficient 50% shooting from the field. Jimmy Butler rolls his ankle. He cannot walk. There's a long commercial break. They come back. He hobbles to the free throw line. The expectation is he will take two and then head to the bench, and they'll see if they can throw him back out there if they need to throw him back out there. Instead, he stays in, and he hobbles back on defense, and the Knicks don't put him in any action. Maybe, I don't know, they weren't thinking about it. Come down on the offensive side of it, and Jimmy Butler is standing in the quarter, jokingly, it feels, in the middle of a game number one on the road in a close game, just going like this, practicing in case maybe he needs to shoot a corner three. Illustrating, by the way, he is going to legitimately not do anything now on the offensive side of the ball. And then when they go back on defense, Jimmy Butler, with one good ankle, just was able to switch off everything and not be involved at all. As R.J. Barrett's getting stripped clean by Kyle Lowry and Jalen Brunson is sat in the corner. And why that is wildly alarming is while Tom Thibodeau won the battle against J.B. Bickerstaff coach to coach, there is a 0% chance of that happening in this series because Tom Thibodeau's not a good postseason head coach and Eric Spolster is the best head coach in the NBA. Players matter, no doubt about it, but sometimes so do the guys that you trust. And when it comes to who you trust in this series, is there anybody that you trust more than Eric Spolster winning his matchup head-to-head against Tom Thibodeau? The Knicks couldn't find a way to attack a one-legged player, Donnie. They couldn't find a way to attack a one-legged player. That's a pretty tough scene as they now trail 0-1. I mean, Kevin, I don't smoke, but I was ready to light up a couple cigarettes in that game, saying to myself, like, I, I don't get it. Like, when you, just, you go out back, and I don't, again, I, the Marlboro Reds fire one up and just, you know, hold my hand in my head. Like, I don't understand this right now. Like, the Miami Heat, how do they win basketball games? It doesn't make sense. Yes, Jimmy Butler is a fantastic player. Playoff Jimmy, I get it. Look at his band of bandits that he's playing with. Kevin Love, Bam Adebayo, Vincent, and Struess, and they're winning games. And it's like, hey, man, look. They played the Houston Rockets in a series. Of course, they were supposed to. No, they just beat the Milwaukee Bucks in convincing fashion. They show up into the garden, into that hornet's nest where the fans are ready. Hey, we are fighting the heat here. We should win this and move on. We're going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals and let the Miami Heat come away with a 108-101 win even after the Knicks and that surge being up double digits in the first quarter. You're right. Eric Spolstra, my goodness, a wizard on the sideline, Kevin. But I will say this, and maybe I'm on an island here because you're not alone with what you just said. I think the Heat's supporting cast in this series is being disrespected by some. I really believe that. Kyle Lowry is an NBA champion. 
Kevin Love is an NBA champion. And they each had moments where they took over this game. There was a moment where Kevin Love was like, hey, listen, run down the court. They're a bunch of six-year-olds, and I'll just throw it, and we'll just score every possession. Kyle Lowry dominated in that fourth quarter. When it comes to postseason experience, what we talked about all Kings Warriors, the Heat have it in droves over this New York Knicks basketball team, and it was on display. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The NFL draft has come and gone. Uh, a fun weekend to follow along with. I know the grid had everybody covered throughout. Uh, there were, though, some headlines from the draft since we were able to last talk to you here on the early line. We'll bring the first round guys into the equation in just a moment, but maybe the biggest story out of round one was who was not drafted in Will Levis. He didn't have to wait long, though. Uh, on day number two, goes with the second pick of that round to the Tennessee Titans. And it's a mixed bag for me because on one end you go, man, look, Tennessee was able to kind of sit back let the board come to them. They added a quarterback that a lot of people thought would come in round one. Not a ton of pressure. You can go with Tannehill, and if you turn to Levis, great. And then you remember that this literally happened last year. The Titans sat, sat, waited. A quarterback that many people thought at one point would go in round one, and Malik Willis didn't. The Titans, what we thought, capitalized, had him on their roster. Threw him out there in replacement of what was an injured Ryan Tannehill. And Malik Willis was so bad in those football games, the Tennessee Titans came into this draft needing, wanting quarterback desperately. Ryan Tannehill is clearly not someone that the Tennessee Titans are in love with and is probably going to be playing his final season in Tennessee this year. But does that mean that Will Levis is now the future of this franchise, Donnie? 
I think they want him to be the future of the franchise, but also as quarterbacks go, I think there was value taking Will Levis. Now, us all along have been telling you, it's not that we're just riding Will Levis. Oh, he's a bad quarterback. It's just that the overall scheme of it, where it's like, you watch him play football, you know the size he has in the big arm, but the questions that we were bringing up, Kevin, was like, why top five pick? No, you just don't see it here. So where you got a quarterback, which everybody seemingly overdrafts in the second round, I think it was a smart move, but also, Kevin, you can say to yourself, well, if you really liked him, you probably actually should have traded up to 29 30 or 31 in the first round and say well that's dumb you, you don't have to trade as much to get in the second round but hear me out on this a young quarterback that you think might be a little bit of a guy that you need to develop he might not even play this year that's one year down and then the next year you want him to play oh look at that he's already available for an extension there because he doesn't have the five-year contract that you get from round one so i thought that might be interesting but i can't fault the tennessee titans if you think he's a player that can be your franchise guy and you don't have to trade three ones to move up into the first round in the top five to go get him, then I do think it was a good move by them. Time will tell if it is the right move, but I don't have a problem with them drafting Will Levis. I think there's a high upside on Will Levis and taking him in the second round. Not the same thing, Kevin, as trading up into the top five and picking him there. Yeah, the, the expectations are different. I think it, it kind yes. of, it's one of two things. It, and it could be the two things at the same, actually simultaneously here. On one end of it, right? We cannot now go, okay, well, that's going to be this future franchise quarterback. Tennessee doesn't think that. If they thought that, they would have drafted him at 11. Simple as, okay? If Will Levis is the Titans quarterback for the next decade, then it's not going to be, man, they got to steal at 33. Every team then inside that top 10 will be like, wow, we, we, messed, we messed up. We should have drafted Will Levis because that's how important quarterback is right yeah. the eagles didn't get a steal on jalen hurts from just the lens of man they got they were gonna give him the second round if we redrafted that whole draft you know what jalen hurts goes top three so it, the, that's how quarterbacks work so the titans are not clearly enamored with will levis and think he's the future of the franchise but also it is smart to swing at quarterback when you can because maybe you will get lucky and get a Jalen Hurts, a Dak Prescott. And it is smart that the Tennessee Titans didn't go, look, man, we took Malik last year. We could have moved off Tannehill. No, no. Yeah, Malik was terrible, and you don't like Ryan Tannehill. Swing again. Swing again. And here's the thing, DRS. If we get six Will Levis games and they look bad, swing again. We don't have to commit to Will Levis. It's okay. Second round picks bust all the time. Will Levis has the chance to be a guy because of his position. Uh, the other quarterback that people thought had a chance to go in round one, ultimately, though, didn't even go until round number three. And in, in an interesting fashion, if I would have told you a quarterback like Hendon Hooker, when you factor in age and injury history, didn't go until round three, you wouldn't think anything of it. But the round one hype and buzz was there. He lands with the Detroit Lions which admittedly for me, it does raise an eyebrow, if only because I still don't know if I really trust that the Detroit Lions are going to stick with Jared Goff, uh, Jared Goff from now until forever. And I agree with you there because, you know, what Jared Goff was for the Rams, a number one overall pick, you kept saying to yourself, boy, if the Rams just moved on from Jared Goff, they'd be really good. They moved off from Jared Goff, and they won a Super Bowl. He winds up in Detroit, and almost like it was like a feel like, okay, we'll make the trade. It's really about picks here for Detroit. 
Uh, we'll yeah. take the salary and Jared Goff and see what happens. And he was very good. Why? Because their offensive scheme was absolutely tremendous. So then it puts you in that little doubt in your mind going like, could Jared Goff actually be a franchise guy? But I think you're right when it all boils down to it. Can you win a championship with Jared Goff? I, I don't think that's going to be the case. Can you win one with Hooker? I'm not so sure either. But here's where I like the move of what Detroit did. You took him in the third round again, which most of those times you're hoping for like maybe an impact special teams linebacker, a backup quality offensive lineman. If you actually got a franchise quarterback with that third round pick, that's going to be an absolute bonus moving forward. And I know you brought this up and rightfully so. Ten years ago, I probably would have lock, stock, and barrel, Kevin, agreed with you. But with quarterbacks now playing well into their 30s, let's just say you do have a redshirt year with Hendon Hooker. Well, he'll be 26 years old by the time he's ready to start. That's right in the middle of your prime year. We can get a decade of really good football out of him. And again, you didn't pay a top 10 price or a first-round draft pick in order to get him. I didn't mind the move. If that was the highest-graded player on your board for the Lions at this point, that was a good move. But at least we didn't hear, you know what, man? We're going to take the guy at six, but we just waited to the third round. At least they didn't do that with the Jameer Gibbs pick saying like, yeah, we were going to take him at six. No, you weren't because you didn't. So I like the move here, and I do think it's value. Quarterbacks are at a premium. You can't have too many good ones. And if you hit on Hooker in the third round, that's tremendous. There uh, were a lot of quarterbacks selected uh, later in the draft, which, again, it totally makes sense. But then when they went, ooh, it's the Brock Purdy effect, I almost, I was just like, all right, every single one of these quarterbacks is going to be a bust. Every single one of these quarterbacks is going to be a bust. I thought the, the one that probably grabbed people's attention the most was Stetson Bennett, uh, who yeah. was a favor to not be drafted going in the fourth round to the L.A. Rams. I want to bring the offensive rookie of the year odds into the fold here. Obviously, uh, these are fresh in the mind after the draft, uh, and then they're going to uh, leave the mind for the next couple of months. Uh, but while they're uh, in, the, again, the front of minds, Donnie, Bijan's the favorite at plus 300. Atlanta Falcons running back selection at eight. Bryce Young, the number one overall pick, is the second choice there at plus 460. Seven to one on both C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson. Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jameer Gibbs round out the top six at nine to one. When we look at these names and where the value is, the fact that Bijan is able to get in front of three top five selections at the quarterback position I almost wonder if Bijan should even be shorter than plus 300. I don't know if Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and Anthony Richardson will be able to be successful right away in year number one. The expectation for Bijan is not to be, oh, he's going to be successful. Just again, to bring fantasy football into this, there are people who think Bijan Robinson might be the number one overall running back in football next year which means statistically drs we're talking double digit touchdowns thousand rushing yards 30 plus catches the the, the Bijan robinson the expectation is he's going to be one of the five best players at his position in the entire league right away and and it's a 
it's a really tall tale for a rookie running back here, particularly on a team that's probably going to be down in a lot of fourth quarter scenarios. So we're looking maybe more of his receiving than rushing. But if you're telling me we're just going to pencil him in for like 1,010 touchdowns, he should have went top five then, if that's what we're going to get out of him. And teams like the Philadelphia Eagles should have moved mountains to get him because they would win a Super Bowl. If that's the rookie production you would get out of Bijan Robinson. I'm not knocking Bijan. I love Bijan. I wanted the Eagles to take Bijan because it would have been a fun pick here. Did you see how I just captioned that? It would have been a fun pick here. And I think it might be a fun pick for the Falcons. But how many wins is that actually going to equate to? Now, he's a very strong favorite at 3-1 to one to be the favorite to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. But my goodness, like Bryce Young is going to be a day one starter in Carolina going up against Atlanta, which they could probably beat Atlanta twice, quite frankly, at this point, even with a rookie quarterback. Because why? Ritter's basically a rookie quarterback there for the Atlanta Falcons. So when I see Bryce Young at plus 416, CJ Stroud at a 7-1, I say to myself, those two guys are going to probably get 17 games to put up statistics. Will they be wonderful 35 touchdown passes, 7 interceptions in playoff runs? Probably not. But they're going to pick up a lot of numbers. But if I'm looking to go down, Anthony Richardson, I'm really not that interested in. Jackson Smith and Jiglet, no thanks at 9-1. to Jameer Gibbs, 9-1. to Now I'm actually looking. DeAndre Swift on the move here to the Philadelphia Eagles, which opens up a spot for them. Montgomery's going to be your pounder. I get it. But Jameer Gibbs is going to see every bit as many touches, it looks like now, as Bijan Robinson is at a 9-to-1 mm-hmm. price. So you're getting a much better feel there. I would go Bryce Young and Jameer Gibbs before I went Bijan Robinson. And again, I'm not knocking Bijan. He's going to be the fun player to watch. But if I'm just trying to be honest with the odds, stack up the way they are, why can't Gibbs have just as good a season as Bijan Robinson? Okay, so here's the thing. It's actually pretty interesting what you just said there. I'll just tell you this. The projections are going to basically be that every other running back in Atlanta, and I mean the entire, like nobody nobody's in Atlanta are, is going to be able to walk into the building other than B. John Robinson. That's the workload that people are putting on him. It doesn't matter that Tyler Algier had the season that he did. Yep. While Jameer Gibbs, yep. DRS, the passing work, right, you expect to be all his. Yep. Jameer yes. Gibbs is not going to lead his team in rush attempts. So they're not supposed to be on the same planet. But, but, do we know for sure that Atlanta won't factor in Tyler Algier? Also, here's another big part of that puzzle, though, is what we saw from Arthur Smith last year. Regardless of game script, he just wanted to run the football. He just wanted to run the football. And that's, again, workload is going to matter. What I think could be a a big trump card over any level of Bijan... Robinson production. Now, the Texans, I think, are going to be terrible. So let me remove CJ for just a moment here. But the Colts have routinely had postseason expectations. If I told you they were the second best team in their division, would you really be surprised by that? I don't think so. Not at all. The Jags obviously are the favorites. But if I told you the Colts had a big year, right, could Anthony Richardson surprise? And if I told you the Carolina Panthers were the second best team in their division, would you be over? Would you be surprised by that? No, not necessarily. If that flipped into winning a division by chance for a Bryce Young or an Anthony Richardson, and I know these are tall tasks, but I then don't even think production would matter. That's when I think narrative could start to trump any level of big-time production. I'll just say this quickly. You look at these wide receivers here. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba at 9-1. to one. Uh, No. Uh, he might be the wide receiver genuinely I want the least out of the rookie class. Has nothing to do with his talent level. He's a Seattle Seahawk with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett in front of him on the depth chart there. I don't see the vision for Jackson Smith and Jigba. If you made me take one, it'd actually be Jordan Addison, who I know is behind Justin Jefferson, but that'll give him a lot of opportunity. We're closing out hour one next. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's gonna be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Quick pit stop here, Major League Baseball. I want to let you handle this, DRS, and explain to people what in the world was going on. There were two games over the weekend played in Mexico City. One on Saturday that had a total of 15 and a half. That game featured 27 runs. So then on Sunday... We got the highest total in the history of Major League Baseball of 20 between the Padres and the Giants. Explain to people why and then what you thought overall of these two games. I thought it was a lot of fun, but also I abstained from both of those games because sometimes when you're taking it a little bit out of your norm, which means going to Mexico and playing an elevation that's roughly, what, 2,000 feet higher than Coors Field in a smaller ballpark than Coors Field, you sort of got what you expected in that 16-11 game on Saturday. But hear me out on this too, Kevin, because I think you know teams, hitters, are probably going to petition like, hey, why aren't we getting the Mexico series where you can go down there and knock a couple baseballs out, maybe jumpstart your season as it is. But the difference was I was getting asked on Saturday, hey, by the way, like, why don't you line up RBIs and home run props for that game on Sunday? I said, well, it's a little bit number one out of my realm. And also, you're not getting very good prices. But also, Kevin, Sunday had much better pitchers than what Saturday had. And that certainly had to do it. Now, Grant still scored 10 runs, which is a ton for a Major League Baseball game, but well short of the projected total that they thought was going to happen. And also, odds makers were running for the hills on Saturday after the way that Giants-Padres game started off. Like, you can't set a number high enough because tomorrow nobody's going to be surprised at the end of the third inning if it is seven to five already it didn't get that high but it was a lot of fun to watch and as a handicapper it drives you crazy because imagine if you saw the 15 and a half go i'm just going to take the under i don't care what elevation it's at and halfway through the game you were already out of the market there it's fun to watch and see a play out and also as a handicapper maddening to try to see what the next step would be imagine you bet an over in a baseball game that features 10 runs and you lost that total by 10 runs look i'm <laughs> yeah. just saying the mexico Look, should we do hot takes, Donnie? Should we do hot takes? Yeah. Mexico yes. City Series greater than Field of Dream Series. Because they ruined Ooh. the Field of Dream Series almost immediately by having— now hear me out. What was it? Not Reds Cardinals the next year? Yeah, hear me out. Field of Dreams in Mexico. Recreate it there. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. <laughs> Commissioner DRS. We'll be right back.
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 